Welcome to For Fintech's Sake. I'm your host, Zach Anderson Pettit. My guest this week is Sanjeev Kalita, Editor-in-Chief at Money 2020. With Money 2020 in Vegas coming up very soon, next week, I wanted to sit down with Sanjeev, get to hear his story, understand what drives him, and talk about the first white paper that Money 2020 has penned in its 10-year history. We unpacked some of the white paper, but I truly recommend you take a quick read before the show next week if you're going. I'd take a look even if you're not. It packs a ton of information and perspective into an easily digestible package. Dive into the show notes and grab a link to download the white paper. And without further ado, my conversation with Sanjeev Kalita. We're jumping in. We got Sanjeev on for fintech sake, and he was about to tell me an absolutely fascinating story. This this happens sometimes when you're having this these preambles and you're about to click record, and then someone tells you something's totally fascinating. <laughs> so Sanjeev, you were about to tell me a story about Steve Jobs. You grew up near Princeton, so you ended up just randomly seeing him. Let's let's. We're going a totally left direction. Let's start there. Go continue with what you were telling me. We're going to just start random here. No, 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 that's great. And, and happy to be here, Zach. As always, uh, love talking to you. It's always a uh, opening of the mind for me and, and, and really appreciate that. Um, so, so, yeah, I, I, I was, you know, I went to high school near Princeton University and then um, you know, this was around the time that's uh, you know the next computer was uh, coming out, and uh, Steve Jobs was actually giving a presentation about the next computer. So, uh, another one of my geek friends and I, like we, we both decided to you know make it over to Princeton University and, and see him speak. It was truly like really inspiring to see him speak. And, and after that, you're like, oh, next computer is going to take over the world. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that was his kind of jaunt from Apple to Next, and then Next or Apple acquired Next, right? So that exactly, was like exactly. His yeah, intermediary yeah. experience, kind of there when his jaunt in the in the wilderness, I guess. I, I, exactly, and 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 it was, um, yeah. Th- th- this was after he um, um, got uh, you know got kicked out of Apple. You know, was trying to figure out what to do next, and. And then, so, so I guess a couple of things, like one, the, 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 the product was designed from a technical perspective really interestingly, and like, so what he included, what he didn't include it, and, and sort of there I first saw that, like how he, he intentionally did not include like a floppy drive, for example, you know, yeah. having an optical drive, like it, it was sort of like a, a conscious decision to like get away from what the mainstream is doing. And, and, and then uh, he also talked about the next logo and, 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 and like how much effort and time he put into and how much money he spent into creating that next logo. And, and, and for me, that was actually, you know, once again, I'm, I was very much a, a techie and, and I was like, okay, wow, he like putting so much thought into something that would seem very uh frivolous you know to to a a computer science person was like uh i was like okay that's that's an interesting way to think about things yeah what so what state so you were in high school at this point i take it based on the way you kind of started the story okay and you were you were already deep into the the pros cons you were you were building you were building cost benefit analysis in your head about what kind (laughs) of what kind of technology to get into at that point already so what what in what influences it like in your life at a young age did you have that made it so you could even 
develop a perspective by high school. I mean, if other than like being glad that I learned how to type at, you know, <laughs> at a young age, that's pretty much my computer experience until I got up until I understood that technology and computer were two different things. But what, what was it as a kid that got it, got it so you could even know any of this? Yes. Yeah, so so, so uh, I'll get into that, but really quick story before you uh, talking about typing. I, I, I uh, um, at study hall in high school, one of my friends came out and he's like, oh man, I just had the weirdest experience. And I just took an exam in this classroom and, and the teacher was asking all the students to read from this book. And all the students were like, the quick brown, they're reading really slow. And then the teacher was like, okay, let me read it. And, and she was like, the quick, and she was reading it very slow too. And he was like, I was like, what the heck? What the heck? And it, it turns out it was a, um, uh, like a stenography class. So it wasn't in English. So like they were trying to read uh, like a, a new type of code, which, which I, th- I thought was sort of interesting. It was, oh, I, I thought, that's super interesting. That's yeah, hilarious. Yeah. And, and it's, so it's, it's sort of like even getting back to like computer code, it's like so, so much of code is like, it, it, you know, you get used to code in a certain way and you read it and they're like, and then when it's put in a, a different manner or a different way of thinking about things, uh, like, like such as blockchain, which and stuff, which I'm sure we'll get into later, but like it, it totally, it could be the simplest thing, but it is so complicated to understand, uh, at that point. Uh, but, but, but sort of in, in terms of the original influences, like I, 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 um, I, 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 as a kid, I used to like take apart toys and see how they worked, which, which would make my parents very unhappy. And then, um, I, then I actually, I started taking a, uh, I started learning how to program when I was nine, um, you know, with basic and, 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 you know, was lucky to be in a school district where we had access to that at a, at a young age. Like, I think it wasn't broadly available, but that, you know, we, we, we could you know, sort of raise our hands. That's that. bonkers. That's, that's amazing. I mean, I, I was kind of joking about the typing thing, but it always even felt to me like there was this like one year I don't know what it is to me. It felt like 2005 or something like that, where you learned how to type in school and then you didn't learn how to, you know, anyone before that was just doing the, the two index fingers, just like, yeah. you know, like a bird on a bird on a keyboard kind of thing. But the opportunity, yeah. like, even when I was, when I was in school, I graduated, I graduated high school in 2010 mm. and there was not a, not an option in sight for that. So that's amazing. Yeah, it 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 it's it sort of um it is sort of weird how how that that is and 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 like I, I took typing because someone said it was um you know if you when you go to college you're gonna be writing so many papers doing right. some, using typing so much and I was like okay I'm glad I did it but it, you're you're right in retrospect it's like you know, what, what and 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 uh, I who knows you know 20 years from now what they're gonna be saying like about how we interface with technology. And I, 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 and I, I do think that like the human computer interface is something that um, very few people, or not, not a whole lot of people think about, but it, it's, it's so critical. Yeah. So cl- clearly you were, uh, you know, you, you called yourself a nerd earlier, so I don't have to feel bad saying clearly you were a nerd as a kid. Um, yes. But how did you get into the, and maybe this is too much of a fast forward, but w- was there anything in your youth that made you start caring about finance or start caring about money in any sort of way? Or was it really like technology led you to this world? Uh, I, I would probably say that technology led me to this world. 
I so so I, I uh, you know I, I went to school uh, in upstate New York at Cornell, and and um, a lot of my friends who were a year older than I was, you know, they were in, we were we were all engineers, but they wound up working in in the financial industry in Wall Street, and and so they were a year ahead of me, and I and I heard like how miserable their experiences were. They, they, you know, they, <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'm never going into finance. I, I, I want to get into deep tech. And, and, and that, that's why I, like, I, I, I did my master's and I, 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 you know, I, I used to design computer chips for Intel. I, I, I designed a programming language for Intel. You know, I, I, was, I was very, very, uh, very geeky um, and, 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 and really enjoyed that. And I'd say that I, I wound up in finance not for the desire to be in finance, but for the desire to be in New York City. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and so after, uh, after business school, um, once again, I, I, I stayed away from finance. And, and then I was like, okay, if I want to live in New York City, that, that seems to be the best route to do so. And, and, and I sort of sucked it up. And, and <laughs> so, so I probably countered to how a lot of people, you know, got into the industry. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I associate with that. Like when I was a kid, <clears throat> Excuse me. It was probably a little bit, a little bit different because I grew up in a, <laughs> I grew up in an area where I never thought I would get into computer science or get into anything like that. But I always wanted to be an open outcry trader. You know, oh. I was always like, the, I just had this thing where I was like, ah, man, I just want to go to Wall Street and lose my voice every day, just <laughs> screaming, buy, sell, spy, sell. You know, and then by the time I actually got out of college, I was like, well, I guess this doesn't exist anymore. All right, fintech, you know, so I, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely associate with what you're saying. So was it a, what was the experience in New York like compared to something like coming out of Intel? I would imagine there were some different cultures there and probably, yeah. probably you've experienced some very different styles of work through that. I, I, absolutely. I, I mean, I think, for example, at Intel, um, you know, I, I used to go to work in shorts, a t-shirt, sandals. Yeah. Right. And, and you were uh, dressed up probably. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and, 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 and this was back way before any of that was really widely um, accepted and, you know, in, in a, in a business environment. Right. Um, so I really like that. Um, also, also like we, we had, um, we had bike lockers, bike lockers at work. And so after work, like a bunch of us designers, we, we'd, go and you know go mountain biking for a little bit come back and work some more and and it was and contrast that with new york where uh it was much more uh obviously had to get dressed up much nicer um and the way you interacted with everyone was different but i think one commonality was that like we worked really hard at intel we or when i was there and i'm sure, I'm sure a lot of other companies are out there too but like we we, we just spent a lot of hours um working and and i'd say that in the financial industry too there's like a little you know it's 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 difficult work on on both coasts uh but for different reasons and and they they challenge you in in different ways yeah isn't it funny how workaholism can have different shades you know like new york workaholism versus san francisco new like workaholism it's like you're both working probably the same number of hours in a day it's just you know in the modern day, some of you are microdosing something and in the modern day, you know, <laughs> I guess there's different drug choices for the different codes yes. or something is almost what it is. 
<laughs> All right. So that's interesting. But getting back, getting back to FinTech, one of the things, and clearly you and I could just do this for three hours. So I want to keep us yeah. somewhat on, on track here because you actually have a business life and a busy life. Um, so money 2020, you have a couple different portions of your life. Um, yeah. Money 2020, Guppy, and you know, just also being Sanjeev and being a wonderful human. So I want to cover all three of those. <laughs> um, and I want to start with money 2020, and especially the white paper, the building blocks of FinTech 2.0 that you guys just put out. First off, what was the inspiration behind this? I think money 2020 in general has been making some very not contradictory statements, but some very like, let's plant this flag in the ground if we all the way agree with it or not. And let's just have some debate about it kind of thing. So that what kind of inspired it? Or was it truly like, this is what we see as the future. Let's lay it out there. Yeah. So, so so like I, I, um, after the last, uh, you know, after the financial crisis of 2008, um, 2009, um, where were you, sorry to interrupt. Where were you working at that point? I was working at Citibank at that time. Oh, great place to be. Great place yeah. to be. So you were like right inside. Of, I'm creeping on your LinkedIn right now. Yeah. Okay. So you were you were part of loyalty marketing at that point as well, which I'm sure was yeah. a weird, weird area when spend totally fell through the floor. Yes, it, it, it was an interesting time to be there, and not, not, not a not a very fun time to be there. And and and, uh, but uh, yes. Yeah, so, so like I I wound up. Um, leaving a uh, city in 2010 and, 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 um, working on an ed tech startup. Um, and I actually, that, that's sort of when I, I wound up living in Kansas city for a little bit too. Um, yeah. but, but any, and, and I, I wound up getting, um, like there, there's a VC firm out in California that asked me to, you know, do, put together my thoughts about innovation and payments. And so I put together a document that had like five trends and I picked, three companies in each of the trends, you know, for different elements of it. And if you had invested $1,000 in evenly across those 15 back then, that'd be worth, uh, you know, $400,000 today. Oh, good so, God. So, so that's, that's 80, Bitcoin numbers. Yeah. 84, <laughs> 84% uh, return and, and, and annual, a compound annual growth rate. And, 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 and um, so I, I was like, you know, actually, I, I, that, that was a lot of fun. And, and I, I, I thought about that, like, even a couple of years ago. I was like, you know, it sort of be interesting to do a refresh on that. And, and then when the pandemic happened, I was like, you know, actually, this is actually a similar point in time where the industry is sort of has, has stopped going on the hamster wheel and is pausing a little bit and trying to figure out what's going to happen. What, what do we want to be next? And, and so that's why I... Um, I, I, I sat down and was like, okay, let, let me, um, and I, you know, obviously I, I uh, spoke uh, to the folks at essential and said, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. And they were like, yeah, you know, go forth with it. And, and, and uh, which is great. They're, they've been very supportive of it. And um, so I, I tried to put my thoughts on paper and, and I guess a, one difference is that um, back then I was just looking at payments and this is sort of a broader look. Uh, additionally, um, I think my lens was very us centric back then, and now it's much more global just because of the experiences I've had. And I think it's also where the industry is too. So, um, so it, it's, but, but I had to get a little bit broader. Um, so I, I didn't necessarily name companies in this case. Um, and you know, this is sort of broader for the industry, 
and 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 um and i guess ideally more as a thought thought starter thought provoker um than than something else yeah it is it is exactly that and I think, you know, this is the hard part. I've tried to cover white papers before on the podcast and it's, it's a slippery slope to cover the entire thing. You know, it's, it's a 45 pages of very, very Mm -hmm. thoughtful perspective that maybe you agree with, maybe you don't, but my goal here is more so to get like some of the high level out of you. So I got a few more questions, Um, but then to point folks in that direction and really have them dig into it, get their perspective because it's, it's, it's something actually that, maybe you need like a little bit of financial or fintech experience to fully understand it, but you even lay out, you know, this was 0.0, this is version 1.0 version 2.0. So I think it's a really good, it's, it's a pretty good primer. And then it's a really good thought provoker for the future. Um, So I just listeners go listen to it, I guess is, or go, (laughs) go read it, I should say. And I will put it in the show notes for sure. Um, But specifically, the, a couple of the things that I wanted to dig into, you made some very interesting predictions, especially, and let me pull my second monitor close to me so I can read them. Um, but specifically, so there's an A, a B, a C, a D, and an E. And number one, I'm impressed that you were able to get A, B, C, D, and E to align with the actual <laughs> the actual predictions. I, I thought that was pretty impressive. Some good copywriting on your part. Um, but A, B, and D were the three that I think are, are truly interesting to me. And I'd love to go by like kind of maybe even one by one. And I don't know about your perspective on, on why this is going to happen, but what it's going to mean for the future, I think is especially interesting to me. So for listeners, A, assets and central bank digital currency, the always hot CBDC. So the the claim or the the prediction is that within three to five years, the 10 largest economies will have CBDCs in the market. So I think with everything we're seeing with Venezuela and whatnot, I don't want to argue with you on that point. I'm just curious what you think that means for the future of the economy, like the global economy, I guess. Yeah, no, I, that, that, that's a, a, a great question. And, and I, I think like if, um, you know, even going back to like the, the birth of paper money, um, which, you know, basically used to be like IOUs uh, to, you know, to, to some international institution at, at some right. point, it, it enabled um, folks to travel, merchants to, you know, expand their uh, businesses. It, I, I, and, and I think it was, it was very much an, an enabler of, uh, of new technologies. And, and, and so I think like, if you think about like CBDCs, like at, um, you know, at, at, a, at a very, um, you know, my minor point, but um, like say, for example, um, with CBDCs, say if my, let's just say like micropayments, like say if that it reduces transaction costs or gets rid of them so that that essentially is the same as like, you know, literally putting a coin into a jar, into a tip jar mm. that, uh, that, that will change how, uh, for example, content uh, get, gets uh, sold or even subscriptions like, like say, for example, like Spotify right now we have a monthly fee or Netflix, you have monthly fees because you need to have achieve a certain amount in order to um, make that worthwhile to to transact that payment. 
Um, but if if there's if that transaction cost goes away because of CBDCs, then you you, you could have subscriptions that are on a daily basis, hourly basis, uh, or you know, and and I think that that really, I I I, I won't even begin to think about like what that that could do and how that will change things. Um, it, it also, if you're able to get things down at such a smaller level, then you you could put it pull in all kinds of different feeds much much more uh, than you could right now and and um, so I I, I I don't know I, I, that's um, I, 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 hopefully that answers the question or at least I mean I, I asked you an absolutely gigantic question so I think for sure you answered at least part of it and I don't think you yeah. could have answered all of it necessarily yeah. but it, it does seem like it has I'm curious about the the ways that it's going to be able to potentially not, not even, I think bank the underbanked is probably like the wrong way of thinking about it, but finally catch up to the multinational nature of humanity, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're, if you come from somewhere in South America, I mean, El Salvador is a too obvious of an answer, mm -hmm. but um, you know, if you're, even if you're coming from Mexico and you're coming across the border and you need to get some work done and then you need to be able to, I mean, so, so much money gets moved out of America simply back to families. And I would think the ability to, even have some of the international remittances thinking through or not thinking through, but functioning through CBDCs would, would create a lot of value. And it's another, like yeah. it's expensive to be poor and this takes away some of that expense to be poor. I would think. I, I, absolutely. Like just uh, uh, probably something you weren't expecting me to talk about, but let's talk about shampoo. Oh um, baby, I'm ready for it. I, <laughs> I use it at least once a week. So yeah, let's try it. <laughs> uh, like, so for, for example, you, you know, you, you think about, um, you know, we, we use these nice uh, shampoo brands and, and, um, yeah, the, the, and, and for us, you know, it, it's actually, it, it, it's expensive, but not, you know, that that's not too bad. But like, if you, go to like Southeast Asia, you, you go to some of the de developing countries, like a whole bottle of shampoo like that is, is very expensive. Um, so like what, uh, what, 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 what's done over there is like that they, they'll make packets of shampoo that, 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 that's like, so that it becomes um, more affordable. And, you know, a, a lot of these folks are, typically living on them, their, their budgeting cycles are very short term compared to ours. So, the, you know, that, that, that quantity becomes lines up with that, that the way that they live their lives. Um, so I, I think similarly, you know, it, it, it's CBDCs could be like sort of shampoo for money. That is, I'm going to quote you on that. The, the title <laughs> of this episode is going to be the shampoo for money. <laughs> That's, that's really, that's, that is quite interesting. It led me to another thought that I actually think I just forgot. What was I going to ask? Oh, that's what I was going to ask. Um, do you think, and this is my final question before we move on to B and D, is this the idea of a CBDC, and this is a big macroeconomic question, does it, what would it give the federal reserve you know the 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 reserve banks of these different countries or national you know nation states um would it give them less ability to do 
I don't want to call it financial engineering, but you know, there's a lot of conversation about if our inflation rate is actually what we say our inflation rate is, things along those lines. Would having a CBDC and having more of a view into that data as a result make that harder to do? Like, are we, does it make, does it make the, here's an extra 1.8 trillion. Does it make that harder? I, 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 my gut says yes. I, yeah. I, I would, agree, I, I would agree with you on that. On that, uh, that, that that's. I, I don't have a whole lot of data or, or around that, but I, I think, um, you know, it, it's, it's a, like even right now with, you, you, like the amount of dollars that are out there versus what's actually in circulation. A lot of it is held in, um, it, it just sort of in storage, if you will. Right. And, 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 right. and, 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 and so that, that I think that storage amount probably gives it a, a bit of um, stability. And so that enables the central bank to, to do things that, um, they, that they know that, okay, that it's going to be stable because it's, it's, it, you know, a lot of it is not in circulation, but whereas something like a CBDC, I, I actually think that it, it's it, just by its nature that there's, um, I, I I do think that it's it's going to be um, more easily transactable. I I, I do think that um, a, a lot of the like CBDCs I think will probably be more easily and quickly interchangeable. Yeah. Uh, and and so it might be easier to find liquidity um, both as a buyer and, and seller. And 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 so I think that probably from a behavior a holder's behavioral perspective, they're probably more likely to be able willing to spend it as opposed to hold it. Um, and I'm, yeah. I'm just sort of riff, riffing off the top of my head right now. But yeah, no, I mean, compared to, especially if you're comparing a CBDC to something like a, you know, classical cryptocurrency where I was, I do this thing called VSUM, which is like a distributed con conference. And we were, we had somebody uh, present this week and I think it's called open note. It's open node. And they were allowing basically for crypto to fiat, you know, automatic transfer. We're getting, you know, rim limiting risk by not allowing for, you know, too much price volatility. They lock you in right when you do the transfer, all that. But somebody, Dave Birch, who's a, a legend from from the UK, said something along the lines of, "Wait, who would actually spend a Bitcoin? I heard those are going to be worth two billion dollars someday." You know, and he was he was joking because he's Dave Birch, but it's a fair point. Like if you're prognosticating or trying to, you know, turn your Bitcoin into another Bitcoin or whatever, like why would you buy anything? So hopefully the CBDCs actually do make a difference for the average American or the average person in the world. Yeah. So, I love it. Okay. You and I could riff on that forever. Let's go to B. So banking technology stacks. I thought this was especially, especially interesting. So within three years, banking tech stacks will be predominantly cloud-based with significant elements of core processing being open sourced based within five years. So my question is less around the cloud piece. I think mm -hmm you and I have had previous conversations about why the hell would one not be in the cloud? And the answer I think in a lot of cases is, well, that sounds like a lot of work. So I don't necessarily <laughs> want to talk about that piece, but I think the, the piece about the open source, the elements of core processing being open source within five years is fascinating, especially mm -hmm. since companies like move, they just had their DevCon, like they're, they're it is a very hot thing. 
But one of the things that I kind of saw in the Twitter sphere as the move to Evcon was happening was, what is their business model? How does this work, right? Similar questions that everybody probably had for GitHub or name your, your open source kind of company in the early days. Just tell me more about why you think that's going to be open source. The financial industry generally has been so closed source. Goldman Sachs writes their own friggin' languages, right? I mean, it's out of control. So what makes you think that so much of this is going to be publicly available and just kind of table stakes? Yeah, I, 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 I think it's, I, I, I think it's going to be open, open sourced because um, I, and this is maybe a bit of a stupid answer, but like just looking at big tech, like how, how much they've, been able to scale up and successfully leverage like open source technologies in, in, in their path to growth was, is sort of like um, probably like, you know, 20 years ago, um, it, it would have been uh, quite sacrilegious to say that, oh, the, 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 the largest uh, data systems are going to be running on these kinds of technologies. And, and, and in fact, they are. Um, and, and, and so it, it, it's a bit of like, uh, part of it is a bit of a case where, you know, I see history repeating itself, or at least rhyming. Um, and and uh, also, I, I think that there's um, just a huge benefit in terms of like the the community building element of of developers, and 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 like how they sort of get their arms around something and and really help build momentum for technologies. And 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 um, and I think like a lot of financial services is. The, 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 so many startups have failed because they, they were doing something very proprietary, mm -hmm. something that um, was very like in walled garden and, and, you know, just that's not something that people are going to get around. And, and in the financial industry, you, you do need critical mass and you, you do need um, different elements of the ecosystem to buy into what you're building. And, and so that's why I think that something that's open source has a greater potential of you're fitting in naturally with with how how the ecosystem operates. That makes that makes a lot of sense, and I hope I hope it's true. I mean, I think that at this point, you know, <laughs> you know, other than move, it's hard to find a ton of companies that are thinking with an ecosystem perspective, right? Like a lot of companies might say they think with an ecosystem perspective, AKA mm -hmm. they partner with this company, they have this logo there, they partner with this company, they have this logo there. But actually thinking of it from a perspective of, you know, this is just, this is for you. And leaving it at that, you know, mm -hmm. leaving it at, at this is something that we are giving to the industry and like, we'll figure out how to monetize it through this or mm -hmm. that or the other. But it seems like that's a, it's, it seems like Move is doing something there that is truly, truly going to move the industry, I think, mm -hmm. especially when Wade tweeted like the other day that he had dinner at Mark Andreessen's house. So it seems like things like that are going to move things in a good direction for the world. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I was at Move DevCon myself uh, recently and, and, and um, it, it was actually like, it, it did feel like, um, you know, I, I think they, they, that community, communal feeling was there. And uh, it, it was about, um, you know, every, everybody like on their laptops are trying to hack, you know, put together something or, or uh, it, it was actually like, I, I was very impressed by it. But well, it's a, it's, a, it's a whole new direction in this world, right? I mean, having been in and around FinTech for a while, one thing I've noticed is the, 
the Finn gets a lot more attention at these conferences in general and not true of you guys in a lot of cases. Uh, but you know, to make an overarching statement about the world of FinTech conferences, like it's a lot of Finn, sometimes not that much tech. Yeah. And even, I mean, even if you're thinking about like, you know, things like Finnovate on stage where they're doing a live demo, like maybe that's the closest you get, but still they've practiced that live demo 75 times and only part yeah. of it's live because they have, you know, this credential and that credential pre-populated. It's like, yeah. It's a whole different thing. But anyways, okay, so we could go on this for hours. I'm going to jump to D, which I'm going to get back to page four. So D actually is less less of a matter of wanting to dive deep into D, but I think D leads to another conversation that I want to have with you, which is about data in general. So the prediction is data. You nailed it with the D. Like Windows, Unix, Mac, Android, iOS today, data platforms will become the new operating systems as the energy shifts from big data and good data. So that being said, how the hell do we protect this data? Because I don't think anyone disagrees, right? Like this data is the new is the new oil you got this you know this new saying that new saying we can all agree that data matters but how do we protect it how do we use it well and maybe that's a transition into guppy and i also want to talk about some someone and a company that we have in common which is triple blind so maybe you know i think we all agree on that statement for the most part i think there's nuances to it but how do we do it i guess is my question yeah, no, and 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 uh, I, I think I think that's a great segue in, in, into Guppy and and um, like I I, I guess um, so so Guppy um, is a credit bureau credit data service that's built on blockchain technology, and and the reason that it's built on blockchain technology is to enable greater transparency and to enable data owners to actually. You know, basically see their data, monetize their data, and really help dictate how that data is used, um, as opposed to like the you know traditional uh, systems right now. Um, and and like if if I can just uh, talk through a couple of examples, like so I you know I, I used to work at Citibank, yeah, um, and I used to help manage um, one of the largest uh, credit card portfolios you know in the world, and it was a constant like every six months we're like, Oh, we need better data. How do we get a better view of our customers? And, and we'd look at all these different types of data solutions. And, and it was like, and, and it was always a real, real issue on the, on the B2B side. And then if I uh, go back to, um, uh, you know, from a consumer experience, um, a- a- April 1st of uh, 2012, um, I, uh, I got engaged Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing that's not the point, but still, I can't not say congratulations as a Midwesterner. I have to do it. Thank you. you. And and, and in in retrospect, uh, uh, getting engaged on April, I I would pick a day other than April Fool's to get engaged because nobody believes you. I'd I'd similarly recommend that. Yeah, if if you have a macro point of view, you have the option to not do it on April Fool's Day. (laughs) Seems a little bit more romantic maybe, but you know, I don't judge. I don't judge. Uh, Then then April 2nd, uh, Google acquired the startup I was working on at TXVIA. Wow, that's a few days or a couple days. Wow. And and, and then April 13th, I was uh, buying an apartment in Manhattan, my first real estate purchase. And April 29th was actually our wedding date. 
So April was a, a crazy month. And um, and because I was buying the apartment in a, in a co-op, they pulled my credit report. According to the credit report, I was married to a man in California. I had uh, <laughs> four bad auto loans. Uh, oh five, I shouldn't five, laugh, but that's that's uh, that's funny. Yeah, no, it was <laughs> not it was, good, but that's funny. So, so it, it, the first uh, easier conversation was with my now wife. Like, hey, I'm, I'm this is bad data. Obviously, I'm not I'm not married to me in California. <laughs> and, and then the second, you got some explaining to do. <laughs> the, 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 the second was uh, about. Um, you know, getting the data cleared up. And it was, it was such a painful process. And it was like, it, it, was, it was very surreal. Like, okay, how do you, how do I prove that I'm not married to a man out in California? How do I yeah. prove that all this? It, and it was, it was, it was, and, and so I was like, okay, this, this system is really bad from B2B perspective, from B2C perspective. Um, and, and then when I uh, sort of followed Bitcoin and then blockchain, I was like, okay, actually this, this technology could be a way to uh, try to, you know, disrupt the system, make it, make it into something that seems more rational. Um, and 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 also, I, I I'll put forth to you like um, so theoretically, all, all this data is about us, but um, we, we we don't get any benefit from it. If anything, we we get the the backside of the hand. Uh, and 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 so what we're trying to do is actually make a system that's you know, more pro consumer, pro data owner, uh, as opposed to being an afterthought. It makes so much sense. And if it was something that I could opt into as a consumer, I think it's something, I think it's something every consumer would opt into, right? I mean, we talk about it a lot of this dream of you apply for a mortgage, you allow them access to this data and this data, but then you retract access to that data immediately after you get, you know, maybe they need to store your general income, but they don't need your whole tax return, right? Yeah. Something like that. I, I love the direction and it makes so much sense. My biggest question is how the hell do you compete with these gigantic, like how do you compete with TransUnion? How do you compete with Experian? Do you compete with them? Is there some kind of network effect you have to develop? Like what's the hardest part to hitting like, not escape velocity, but how does that kind of, how do you get over that hump? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily think about uh, competing against them directly. Um, it, it, it's, it's more about I, I sort of view it as a marketplace, and and so it's another you know, option amongst yeah, them. Maybe a exactly. more trustworthy one where you actually have some control. Exactly, exactly, yeah. and, and 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 it's sort of, um, and and you sort of. Um, you, you know, I, I I guess I'm a bit of a free marketer. You know, I, I believe that the, the best solution will win, and and um, which doesn't always happen, but yeah. I, I think more often than not it does. And um, so it, it, you, the idea is if if we can uh, create um, a data marketplace where you know it, it could even be a, a secondary source. Um, you know, you you have marginal customers, and you want to try to figure out something, and th- then you could use Guppy. Um, so, um, it, and I, I also think that it, it's um, you know depending on the market. Like, so in the U.S., there are uh, you know actually the data credit data systems are in in the global sense good, very good. 
and, and in comparison to like what's there in a lot of other countries. Sure. And so those, those other countries, um, Guppy could potentially go in as a primary source. And that's, that's also how I'm thinking about it. That makes sense. That makes sense. The, and excuse my ignorance. I just, I just truly don't know how you get the flywheel started. So in terms of, in terms of how you go about kind of going to the market, is it something where you're, maybe I should just ask how you're doing it, but I guess my biggest question is how can, can, can a consumer go opt in for Guppy or is Guppy going to be something that's going to collect data over time on behalf of a financial institution or something like that? Like explain to me kind of where it fits in the stack. Yeah, I guess. The, 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 that's a great question. And, and, um, and, and to be honest, like it, it's, uh, it, it's still a bit TBD, uh, you, you know, in the sense that uh, we, we, we could, we, we could do both ways and I could see like different markets doing it differently. Um, but like, so, so, so for example, in, um, let's just say in an emerging market where, uh, you know, like, like, uh, say there's an e-commerce provider that has, has a really big customer footprint, you, you know, the, the, in the, at that point, like we could sort of go with that secondary method that you're talking about where, uh, whereas like something that, uh, you know, thinking about, let's just say the, the United States where, um, you know that there is there are already existing um, uh, systems out there, but but like the, there's probably um, better ways to do it, or th- there might be certain t- customer groups that have a greater sensitivities to bad data. Um, you know, w- w- we could potentially you know target those um, those communities and try to uh, sort of bootstrap from that that perspective as well. That's super interesting. Well, from the perspective of a Kansas Cityans, you know, sitting in the middle of the payday loan capital of the world, like the more that we can do to create access to credit, the more that we can do to actually understand someone's life in a data oriented perspective and then not provide them with predatory loans. Like yep. that is a positive to me. So I am excited about it. Um, if folks, so I'm going to ask you this in a more general way later, but if folks want to get involved with Guppy or if that's like, especially interesting to them, what's the, what's the best way? Should they just go to the website and kind of send, fill out the contact form or what's the easiest way? Yeah, I, 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 I would go to the website and, and to take a look and, and fill out the contact form. Cool. And, and, and um, you know, the, my email address is uh, sanjib at guppy.ai. So, uh, you know, you can email me directly too. It's, 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 uh, I'll just throw it out there. I hope that, I hope that wasn't a bad idea. No, 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 no. We're it's, it's not the Joe Rogan experience. We might have thousands <laughs> of listeners, but we don't have millions. So you're all right. You're going to be all right. And, uh, okay. yeah, it's not so, you know, if they are reaching out, it's probably because they actually want to work with you, not because they want to, you know, take a, take a selfie next time you're at dinner with your family <laughs> yeah. or something. So you'll be all right. Probably. Um, I can't wait to reach a point as a podcast where that is an issue. I'm looking forward yeah. to that. I'm looking forward to the first time someone gets stuck. Um, so I guess because it's blockchain and because that is the the base technology that you're using there, it innately kind of encompasses all of the things that I was going to ask you about triple blind. And mm-hmm. I, I would imagine, right, in terms of the productivity of data, the yeah. ability to pull it in, pull it back, who can yeah. see, who can't. So it's almost like, and I get this separate conversation about triple blind, but it's almost, it's almost like this whole triple blind thing 
is the solution for those that don't build from the beginning from something as safe as something like a blockchain. And, and then we'll talk about Trailblind in a second. But am I thinking about that correctly? Yeah, I, 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 I sort of uh, view it as um, like, like a, a, a bit of like a, not a black box per se, but like, okay, what, what are some of the features that we want from the underlying technology? And I, I, I do see, uh, you know, there's um, even, you know, there's, we initially built on Ethereum and, um, and, and we're still running on Ethereum. Um, I, we, we could conceivably go to another blockchain technology. We, we could conceivably, you know, use uh triple blind also like it, 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 it's, it, 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 it's, um, I, I, I think that, um, as long as we have, um, we're, we're able to provide that same user experience, that same control. And I, I, I do think that, that, that those solutions would work. Very interesting. Well, I mean, I'm excited for what it means for the future of the world. And I hope people do read and those that do reach out to you, I hope uh, are understanding what we're talking about and similarly see that future. Um, but I have a couple of final questions before we get there. Tell me about why you got involved in triple blind or I think you and Dawes have some history, maybe even yeah. familial history. Uh, and yeah. he, for the record, he's been on the podcast before. So I will, mm. I'll link to that. Anybody that's like, what the hell are we talking about? Yeah. Um, the, well, I should say the fast version of triple blind is basically you can run an encrypted algorithm on an encrypted data set uh, and neither party can have an understanding necessarily or do any you know, reverse engineering of either one. So that was way oversimplified, but very quickly. Um, so how did you become involved? What's it been like for you watching that company grow? And, um, you know, how do you, how do you know Dawes, the man, the legend? Yeah. So, so, so as far as like how I know Dawes, like, so, so we're, uh, go back many years and, you know, we're, we're both from, uh, the state of Assam in India, which, um, in the context of like U.S. listeners, it's a bit like saying you're from Alaska. You know, it's it's like you're saying from your way out there. There's a lot of like natural resources. There's a lot of forests, and 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 like so, so it, it's not a normal necessarily. Right. When you meet each thing. other, you're like, really? I didn't know anyone else grew up there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 so basically, what happened was that uh, my brother, I think, was on a flight the same flight with Das and, and he'd heard about him before. And, and so then they wound up talking and then my brother texted me. He's like, Oh, I met this guy uh, and he's, he's, you know, he seems great and blah, blah, blah. And, and then at the time I'm, you know, uh, helping run money 2020 and looking for interesting companies and speakers. And so reached out to him and then, you know, we got his company at the time. I verify uh, to speak at money 2020, which was cool. And then, uh, and then like, I, I just fast forward like a year, I, I was in India because, you know, like I had gotten married and, uh, you know, and, and then, uh, w- my entire family went back to Assam for a little bit of a reception, just a family reception. And, and, and at that reception, like it was basically relatives and, and, you know, and, and cause we have big families and, 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 um, and then someone was like, Oh, uh, Oh, I, you know, our, uh, my, my uh, cousin is uh, uh, so-and-so and he's like, wait, if, 
if you're here because I'm related to you that and you're related to him, that means that we're related, which is a little bit like funny. <laughs> that's uh, how you know you don't have a small family. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's wild. So you guys are related. Yeah, and, 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 and um, yet didn't know it. So you got him on stage at I Verify. You didn't realize you were related, or you got uh, on got him on stage when he was at I Verify at Money Twenty Twenty. Yeah, didn't know you were related. Found out at a wedding. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's, it's pretty funny. And 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 you know, as far as like why I, I've gotten involved with triple blind, it, it, it's I, I really um, I I I, it, I do think it's a fascinating technology, and and it's it's. Um, and I do think that, um, I, there's obviously a lot of, um, uh, focus on, on data, but like, I I mean, just being able to incorporate encrypt algorithms too. I, I I just like, it it just has a lot of things in there that like, it's like, I don't understand it and I would love to understand it better. And I was like, okay, let let me, let me help (laughs) see if I can. So for me, it's a bit of like, okay, I'd, uh, hopefully learning at the feet of the master. (laughs) The fact that you don't totally understand it is honestly one of the best things that I've heard today because (laughs) I, you know, it's, it's easy, not easy. It's clear. Once you take some time understanding what it could mean for the world, yeah. But that is a very different thing than understanding the technology, right? And yeah. Daz has tried to explain what it can, what the technology is to me multiple times. And I'm like, I cannot, like the deepest I can go is like 5,000 feet and he's at like 0.02 inches. So I'm just trying <laughs> to explain it, you know, from, from the highest level. But that makes me glad to hear that you're not, that you're not totally understanding it either. Um, that's, that's hilarious that that's the way you guys met though. So you're, so you're an advisor. So called Daz calls you occasionally and yeah. uh, asks for, asks for random, random questions as Daz does. Yep. He, he does. And, and, and it's, uh, it's, it's always like, um, uh, I, and the, you know, the, 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 the most fun part about it is like the, between the time of the last question to the next time he answers a question, he's like made like so much progress. It's, it's always, that's always like, what, what what, do we not talk in like 10 years? And it's months. It's unbelievable. I I have many times where I, I, in many cases, I feel like Dawes is like the Elon Musk of Kansas city or something, but with much better social skills, Um, (laughs) you know, he's, he's like the kindest human ever, but his ability to, He's always working his brain. I mean, not even always working. If he's not always, if he's not working, he's learning. If he's not learning, he's doing push-ups. If he's not doing push-ups, he's spending time with his wife. You know, it's like, it's unbelievable the way that the man can, he's just squeezing everything out of the rag that is life. So it is inspirational to watch and kind of brings me to one of my last questions for you, which is, you are editor in chief of Money 2020. You are running Guppy with, granted, a set of genius scientists and a group of other people. Um, but still, you're starting a startup. Uh, you mentioned that you know you have a family. How are you balancing all of this? How do you do that? And also, has it been especially hard since COVID? Like, how what do you do when you get out of that seat? Yeah, I, that, that's a great question, and and I, I think like it it. Uh, probably like a lot of your listeners it's it sort of it the last couple of years have been quite overwhelming and, yeah. and there's definitely there are definitely moments where i'm like yeah i th- this is like 
you know, one more thing on this back and it, this it's going to break the back, you know, yeah. it, it, and, and, and you sort of just get through it. And, and, um, and, and, and like, if, if I, you know, go, go back to, um, let, let's just say like it, it, that April of 2012 again, you know, when yeah. I the, the month that I got engaged, company got acquired, I bought an apartment, uh, and and got married. Also, like that last week uh, was actually the first week that I flew out to Mountain View to meet the broader Google team, and so <sighs> I was out there all week. And then in the middle of the meetings, I, I, I get a a text that uh, you know my my mom had a heart attack, and 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 and, and so then I had to come back, and then like. And then, and then we're getting married like literally three days later. And then it, it's 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 just like there's just so wow. much stuff going on. That and sounds it, like COVID minus the masks. Honestly, yeah. And it, it and it and it, it was just like you just have to. What do you have to get done right away? You just do it. And if hopefully it's good enough. And uh, uh, so so I but but I I mean a better answer would be that like through COVID I, I I've actually um for example I, I, I started mountain biking again. Um awesome. and and I, I bought my first bike in like two decades and 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 uh that and that like being in the in, in the trees and like seeing the streams and stuff like that that's like a nice mental break. Um and then uh just uh being able to I, having a bit of a routine also helps for me. Yeah. Um, and, and, and also like um, e- even when we were in the deep in quarantine or like lockdown, like my, my wife and I, we, we both, we, we, we got up at the right time and we wore like clothes that we'd wear to an office, you know, like our office or outside. Yeah. We, Maintain I, I, as much normalcy as possible. Exactly. I, I wouldn't yeah. work in my pajamas. Like, and I, I think that's sort of, it just sort of helped at least mentally then when I would wear my pajamas at the evening, I had like a little bit of a, a a physical break from what could be like, you know, like a really long day. I, and that's the, 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 I, I, and I probably some things I could have done better, but I, I, you know, I was been able to manage so far. So, I mean, it's, it seems like to me, it's the simple things, you know, it's like the, just the fact that you're mountain biking is probably, you know, head and shoulder. It is head and shoulders sanity wise and health wise far and above being stuck without any vitamin D, you know, mm-hmm. inside for an extended period of time. Like that alone, that alone is huge. And it's hilarious to me how the entire, I feel like the entire world now is like, whatever time of day they change clothes and that changes their mind. Yeah. You know, it is, which I guess always was a thing, right? You dress for success and this and that and the other, but literally the fact that it's like putting on pants is an accomplishment and then making it to your, you know, to your desk is an accomplishment and then making it to the end of the day when you can take the pants off and put on the, you know, <laughs> like that is, <laughs> this is success folks. This is success yes. in 2021. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, I want to be respectful of your time here, Sanjeev. I know we're already a little bit over. Um, you already gave your email quickly, but uh, tell folks like obviously money 2020 in Vegas is coming up. We'll definitely publish this before then. So, you know, folks go to that. It's going to be an amazing event. Uh, what else, what else should folks know? And outside of the email you already gave, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Yeah. So, so I, I, I'm also uh, on Twitter. I'm at, I'm at paymentalist. 
So P A Y M E N T A L I S T. That's com. good. That's fine. Uh, or, I mean, uh, paymentless at Twitter, and then uh, my LinkedIn is is you know last name is clean. Yeah, I'll, I'll link. I'll link to both of those for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it, it's uh, uh, please reach out, and if you come to Money Twenty Twenty, and want to meet up uh, with me, reach reach out as well. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to meeting you in person. You and I have had some some virtual discussions, but we've never met in person. So yes. I'm very much looking forward to that. And uh, thanks for the time, Sanji. This has been a blast. I, I really hope folks will also link to the white paper in the show notes. I really recommend going, reading it. Honestly, I would recommend digging into it and reading it before Money 2020, which I know is coming up. Um, but I, I really, you know, put my full endorsement behind it, not even necessarily in terms of what it says, but in terms of what it's going to make you think about, you know? So I'd say folks go listen to that. Follow us on G listen, Christ, my whole life is audio. So I keep saying, listen, uh, go read that, uh, and follow us on Jeeb. And I have a hunch that we will have you back. So thank you for the time. And we got to do it again. It sounds great. Thanks Zach. Really appreciate it. Awesome. I hope you enjoyed this episode of For Fintech's Sake with Sanjeev Kalita and Money 2020. I've added the white paper and pertinent links into the show notes to learn more about Sanjeev leading up to next week. And like I said, give the white paper a read. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and all the other things I'm supposed to remind you to do in your favorite podcast app as the responsible podcast host that I am. And if you want our weekly emails, weekly-ish, go to forfintechsake.com and subscribe there. Until next time, stay healthy, keep your head high, and hydrate. Because we're going to Vegas! See you all soon.